one for podcast. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. In Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 20 minutes or so. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Go back to Saturday night, their convincing win over Iowa State's convincing win over Oklahoma. And a look ahead to Wednesday's Baylor game and before Texas Tech finishes out the two-game roadie this week. Uh, national championship game is tonight. What began, boys, on the 24th of August. Remember who played in the game, Trent Condon? Miami, Florida. That a boy, Miami, and who won the game? Florida. Yes, they did. Uh, but it Took was a while. August the 24th where it started, Bama, and the curtain sadly falls tonight. How are you, brother? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Well, I'm a Titans fan, so I'm doing great. Yes, um, good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know this is one of your... Uh, Dark days, Kenny. So not yes. as, probably not as dark as tomorrow when <laughs> the game is actually over. But uh, I remember watching Miami and Florida. I was in Chicago on a little road trip with some high school friends and found a little bar, a Florida bar up in Chicago. So yeah, it's it's man, this the time flies. <laughs> sure does. Your, uh, in this college football season. Yeah, and this was the longest on record, calendar-wise, college football yeah. season in history, and blink, boom, uh, and it's gone. Well, one more tonight. You know what we should do before we do with this, uh, before we get into tonight's game? How about North Dakota State? I mean, the beat goes yeah. on, right? James Madison, I thought that they would beat them. I did. I thought that the the Bison, they, I thought James Madison was the more impressive uh, team going through their path through the playoffs, but man, uh, North Dakota State, the beat goes on, and it doesn't matter, Bama, who Who's coaching? Yeah, you're right. And, I, and it makes you wonder. I, I guess it's because of geography, but, I mean, is there not a conference these guys can join? Because what else is there left to do? Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're making a mockery of that division. And, that, and listen, that is some really good football yes. played at the FCS. Yeah. You guys know this. Yeah. I mean, Northern Iowa and, uh, you know, Appalachian State, of course, used to be in that. Now they've made the move to the Sun Belt. But maybe, I guess it's just geography, or maybe they don't want to. I don't know. But, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a lot of that game Saturday because we had a line of uh, tornadoes moving Yeesh. through our state. So we had, uh, you know, constant weather coverage on television. But, um, anyway, but I, I did, you know, catch, the obviously, the highlights and uh, a little bit of a replay of it. And, I mean... But, yeah, you're right. The beat just goes on, and uh, no matter who's coaching them or who's quarterback, and yeah. Lentz, of course, being in the NFL yeah. now. and Easton Stick was terrific. State and, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, the beat goes on, and they got something special up there. But and I, I, for the love of me, I don't know how they get players to go to Fargo, North Dakota, but they do. I think a lot of them are from North Dakota or that well, area, and right? and they Trent? get a lot of Minnesota kids. Do That's they? a big part, yeah, too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. Their quarterback, uh, they were telling the story during the game. Final, Two freshmen. Yeah, he got an offer late, though, in the process, a day or two before signing day in February from Boise State. It's a pretty good offer for a yeah, Minnesota kid. I'll say. He turned it down to go to North Dakota State, wow. though. I think Crazy. that says a lot Crazy. about that program yeah. and how they recruit. And they recruit at a different level than basically everybody else uh, at the FCS level. Well, it's not the FCS tonight. 
It's mm. the FBS. It's the national championship. Tigers versus Tigers. Home field advantage. That's being talked about. All these different kind of avenues. The winner gets to officially call their home Death Valley. That that's also out there too. <laughs> LSU Clemson tonight. <laughs> we'll we'll get into deeper into the matchup here, but you know, two programs that I remember growing up for a long time as a child of the eighties and into the nineties, and it was you know, Clemson won a national championship in the early eighties. Really? Mm-hmm. That program? Yeah. And LSU, if they just get the right coach, I'm like, they're not very good. Seemingly year after year, they win seven, eight games, but that's it. These programs have gone to another level here in this century. Yeah, they have, and and this this is to me. I mean, you're right. We talk about the matchup uh, in a little bit with the skill and the talent, mm. and then basically the NFL players all over this field. But there's a couple things here. There, you know, for Clemson, to me, this this is a a this is a dynasty game if you want to look at it. I mean, they're the defending national champion. They've won I don't know what twenty eight, twenty nine, whatever it is in a row. Uh, they're going for three out of four national championships. You start to look ahead to next year. I mean, who in the hell is going to challenge them in the <laughs> ACC? They do have a road game at Notre Dame in November. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to come back because he can't go to the NFL. I mean, if they win this game tonight, I mean, all of a sudden now, Dabo Sweeney is, I mean, that's would be his third national championship, three out of four years. They'd be the prohibitive, you know, favorite for next year to go four out of five and three in a row, which has never been done. I mean, this is this is a this is a true dynasty game for, for Clemson. For LSU, you know, this is it's to me it's just finished. You know, that I don't know what their mantra is. I haven't heard that, but they finally slayed the dragon and what was Alabama and Nick Saban and Tua and everything else. They got this cocky, brash transfer kid from Athens, Ohio to come down and, you know, just rocket to the Heisman Trophy. And he's taken this offense to levels that we have not seen, not only at LSU, probably not only in the SEC, but maybe ever. And, you know, you have to start talking about them as one of the all-time teams Mm -hmm. if they finish the job. And you talked about Coach O, and and is he the right coach? and Or is he just riding a wave of Joe Burrow? We'll know more about that next year, but for – for tonight, if you're an LSU fan, you've got to feel that. Listen, man, this is our this is our chance. You know, we kind of came. Everybody, getting of the season, it was all about Alabama, all about Tua, Alabama, Clemson, round three, Ohio State mixed in a little bit. LSU kind of started sneaking up on people a little bit, and oh man, we better start paying attention to them. And then they became for real. And now you just got to finish it, man, because this is this is a this is a historic season, all time season for this program. Which has got a pretty good history to it, but if you lose this game tonight, mm-hmm. I don't. I won't say it's off or not, but man, you got to feel like you just really let one get away if you don't win tonight. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. You know, I, because I don't want to forget to do this here. Um, back to North Dakota State for just a second. Do you, do you know who they open with next year? Were you guys watching the broadcast when they talked about that? I didn't. North Dakota State will go to Autzen Stadium to take on the Ducks. Oh, I remember when that game was wow. scheduled a few years back. <laughs> so or, Oregon's first two weeks next year, North Dakota State and then Ohio State. Whoa. How about that? <laughs> Wow, I yeah. don't know which one's tougher. <laughs> well, that's a good point because North Dakota State, you know what they're going to do. I mean, they 
Yeah, anyways, well, we'll save that. We've got a lot, sadly, a lot of weeks and a lot of segments to yeah. kill before we get to talk about real football again in the month of August, but I just wanted to get that out there. So, Bama, who has – we talk a lot about the coaching – I mean, the, the, the quarterback matchup. Is either one of these head coaches more likely um, to help their team win a national championship tonight? I mean, Dabo's been there, done that, right, two out of the last three – Orgeron, right. I mean, he's 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 the leader of that team. There's that they are, uh, they mirror their coach in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, who has the edge in coaching? Either. I think you know. I would give a slight edge. I think to, to Clemson just because, like you said, Dabo's been there, done that. Um, here's here's what I hope. You know, I'm sure you watched a lot of the NFL playoffs yesterday. You know, what what worries me a little bit about Orgeron. Is he has a Bill O'Brien moment mm. and he does something stupid? I don't know, like faking a punt on his own third. See, I like that call. Like I, that. I didn't like the I didn't like the kick in the field goal, but I like. I didn't the, either. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And, and, and I get it. The play was there. It was there to be made. Yeah, Sorensen um, made a hell of a play. Hell of a play. He did, but I mean, oh my goodness, I don't know. Killed anyway, the momentum. Different. Yeah, diff- exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, different topic. Uh, different different show. But I just you. Know, you Orgeron has such a belief in his team. His team has such a belief in them that you just wonder, is he going to, you know, an onside kick or, mm. you know, a fake punt, fake field goal, whatever, that kind of backfires on him and then just flips the momentum if you have it or, you know, tries to establish. He does it at inopportune time. I don't know. I, I don't think he will. I mean, you're right. This, this team has just taken on his personality this year. They just, I mean, they don't give a crap. They don't care who they're playing. They're not afraid of anybody. They've made that blatantly obvious. You know, not only with their words, which are which are I like. You know, you know, people call Joe Burrow cocky. Great, give me a cocky quarterback that can put it on a dime in a tight window any day of the week. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have to have a little bit of uh, you have to be cocky to play that position mm-hmm. at a high level. But you know, just the way they've mauled people. You know, uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa, starting with that game. You know, the toughest game they played all year was at home against Auburn. That game was twenty three twenty, but. They go in and they just destroy Georgia in the SEC championship game. They follow that up with an historic showing against Oklahoma. I mean, just unbelievable how good they have been. And, again, what are they going to do when they – I like the fact that they played a tight game, LSU, and that was that was the Auburn game at home. And so they have been in that. So, you know, a lot of these teams, you saw with the Ravens, you know, uh, Saturday night, you know, they didn't know what to do when they got behind. It's kind of like they panicked. Mm-hmm. They've been out in front all year. Uh, LSU, I think, I think this is going to be a back and forth game. I really do. Um, but to, a slight coaching advantage to Dabo Sweeney because he's been there. He's done that. He knows how to prepare. And Orgeron can talk about it all you want, and but until you until you've actually been in that spotlight, and they've got all this again. I think there's so much more pressure on LSU, not only to finish the job because they finally get by Alabama, they finally get in there, they got this once in a lifetime quarterback, and oh by the way, the game is an hour and a half from your campus. Right. Um, so if you you everything is lined up, and if you can't get it done tonight, I just think there's a ton of pressure on them. But I think they'll handle it. I don't think anything's going to face Joe Burrow. I mean, Clemson's going to put up a lot of resistance, that's for sure. But I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many ways you can go with this. You can make a case for either one. You can make a case for, I don't think you can make a case for a blowout either way. I think there's too much talent on the field for, for either one of them to get 
too far ahead in the game not to be competitive. You know, looking back for Clemson, it, it was not what you normally anticipate against Ohio State out of that wide receiver group. Just didn't play at a high level. Now, Higgins was a little bit banged up, but from Ross yeah. and the speed on the outside, they're going to have to play at a high level in my mind because you got to figure, you got to score. I mean, you're not going to win this game 24 20. You're going to have to put no. points up here. This wide receiver group against the LSU defensive backs, where would you put the advantage? I go with LSU. I mean, I, I like uh, Stingley yeah. on the outside, and, and mm-hmm. Delpit as a safety is. I mean, he's a, he's an NFL player yeah. who just happens to be playing on. So is on Fulton, Saturday by the or, way. Christian Fulton's a hell of yeah. a player too. Absolutely, I, I think the key for Clemson, I really do, is Etienne's going to have to have a big game. Yeah. They got to get him. Bama, I think he can run like, the football too, and I'm glad you said that because I think that's an area that they can exploit. I agree, and I don't. When you talk about running game, Ken, I mean it can be it can be traditional running game. It can be you know the whole read option or zone read or whatever. It can be you know dumping into the flat checkdowns. It can be screens. It can be reverses. I think he has to get twenty five touches tonight for mm-hmm. Clemson. If he doesn't, I don't think they're gonna. I, I think LSU has an advantage because that guy, that kid is just he's a game breaker. And I know LSU. That's the one thing. I mean. You are going to see so much athleticism and speed on the field tonight, and it's a controlled environment. It's indoors, weather not an issue. I mean, inside, it's been outside the last few days, yeah. obviously. Um, but I mean, it—I it, don't know. It's just going to be—you're just going to see so much athleticism and speed and talent all over the field. And I think Etienne, to me, is a guy that has to have a big game for Clemson because you're right. LSU, I think, can kind of. I know. I know Trevor Lawrence is great, and he's another one. I think might have to make a few plays with his with his legs, as opposed to that rocket of an arm he has. Mm-hmm. And he's capable, um, as we saw. He's capable, absolutely. Um, I don't think he's going to break one for sixty <laughs> right. against LSU, but you know he could go for twenty, twenty-five on a third down or or whatever. But I, I just think they have to do something creative, and um, because those those that those. Defensive backs for LSU are legit, yep. and they can lock people down. And I'm not saying that Clemson can't make plays because I think they will. I think, but I don't think they're going to have any. I'll, I'd be surprised if one of these wide receivers went off for 13, 14 catches, 185 yards, a couple touchdowns, something like that. I just don't think that's going to happen against this team. So to me, it's at the end. Uh, they got to get something. You know, they, they need a Hunter Renfro. I was just about to say the somebody. same thing, Bama. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and you talk about a, I mean, a name that we yes. do not. It's blasphemous to speak yeah. that name down here because he played for nine years. It seems like yeah. and just tortured Alabama. I think he had 112 touchdowns against he's, us. He's unbelievable. Teams. But they need somebody like that. Maybe I don't know a tight end or mm-hmm. or somebody. You know, slot receiver that you know hasn't done anything all year and comes up with a couple of big plays, either on the goal line, red zone, whatever. Um, that, that's, that's what Clemson needs, I think. And if they get that and get at the end, then I, I, listen, they can win the game. LSU's favored. They should be favored. They're probably a little more talented across the board. But, uh, I mean, Clemson's going to be right there. They're not going to back away from anybody else for sure. Yeah, I think if Clemson wins, I think you hit the nail in the head, Bam. I think Etienne has uh, got a chance to, to walk away with the MVP of the game. I think it's somebody like that, right? I mean, 
Lawrence mm-hmm. is going to have to be Lawrence. They got two really good receivers and T. Higgins, who missed most of the Ohio State game. And of course, Justin Ross, who's a heck of a player defensively. It's Isaiah Simmons, who's going to hear his name in the top 15 picks. And I hope he hears his name at 15 because that's where my guys choose. Uh, but regardless <laughs> of that, Bama, listen, we'll recap it with you tomorrow. You're going to go on record LSU or Clemson. Who do you got? Point spread aside, who wins the football game, Bama? Oh, man, this is a really tough one. I think it's got a chance to be like one of those great, I hope it is, those couple of those great Alabama Clemson games of years past. I'm going to go LSU, and I'm going to say 34 to 30, something like that. I, and, again, it sounds cliche, Kenny, but, I mean, we talk about all the skill and everything else. Special teams could be an issue. Punt return, okay? Somebody busts a punt return. Somebody – Kickers missing field goals, block kicks. I mean, anything can happen. There's so many. There's again so much skill everywhere, and that includes the special teams. And I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll come down to that as as the defining moment. But I think it could certainly play a role in this. But I'm going to go LSU, 34-30. That'd be a hell of a game. I would sign for that right now. 38-35, 41-38, something like that. What's the total, Trent? 69. 69. So Bama's a touch under, but we're all right around there thinking it's going to be a bunch of points. Bama, we'll recap it with you tomorrow, and then we'll put sadly put your music away for the rest of it. We'll figure something out. Bama, good, uh, good stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, pal. I uh, look forward to it, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Certainly will. Take care. Bama Bob, uh, Trent and I going around college football. All right. Uh, Iowa State conversation next. Mm-hmm. Alex Halstead's going to slide on in here. Are you going to go on record? I took the points on Friday. You did too, did you Yeah, not? Yeah, we both had Clemson plus six. Numbers any, down to five now. Any second thoughts? No, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I think way. it's going to be a hell of a game. and um, Maybe more hopeful. I think ATN is going to be able to run the football. I'm right there with you. You can get to them on the edges. Yes. Can't run it up the middle. No, and you, I don't think you can chuck the ball. I mean, as good as Clemson receivers are, Ohio State's secondary was terrific, but so was LSU's. Yeah. When he got Grant Delpa just sitting out there. And he had a bad year, but he's come on lately. Uh-huh. He was a top five pick right. earlier this year, and he's fallen still in the first round, but. Uh, Oh, this this got a chance to be terrific. All right, Alex Halstead, Trent, and I will go back and we'll revisit that unbelievable, terrific win, gutsy win out of Iowa State from Saturday night. We will do that next. But right now we're going to do this. It's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio and 1460KXNO. Text the keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now for your chance to win a grand. That's TAXI to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Back with uh, Alex Halstead. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. About 11.30 here on a Monday morning. Well, we've talked Hawks. We've talked the national championship game. We have not touched on Iowa State. Well, we did, but not with uh, someone joining the program. Uh, the likes of Alex Halstead from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Uh, Alex, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on on this Monday. Boy, if there was a team 
and a fan base who needed to uh, uh, walk out of Hilton Coliseum with a win on Saturday night. It was certainly the Iowa State bunch, and they did in convincing fashion. Um, look, I'm not surprised that they won. I'm surprised that they won in the fashion that they did. They crushed them, Alex. Yeah, Friday night I was uh, I was sitting there, and I looked up to see what the betting line was out of curiosity, and I tweeted out that Iowa State was a two-point favorite, and I got ratioed pretty bad on it and uh <laughs> i think that game kind of goes to show you that i mean it's just kind of hard to predict this team i mean a two-point favorite it went up to three and a half points and people thought that was crazy and then iowa state at one point in that second half is leading oklahoma by 26 points and they won by 13 and it, it was probably worse for oklahoma than that and i think you know they made some changes you know they obviously inserted george condit into the starting lineup they i think more so than that they went with different lineups throughout that game that gave them a spark i mean you saw in the first half Prentice nixon and Michael Jacobson played only five minutes. Solomon Young played only six minutes. Um, so he gave different guys different minutes. He, he went to his bench for He was nine deep by the second media timeout. Um, so I think, you know, they mixed some things up. They played small, um, and uh, it, it paid off. And I think, like you said, it's, it's a win that they needed. Uh, I think they really just needed to get something. Uh, it's a win that I think the fans need to show that this team is capable of beating the Texas and the Kansas State and the TCUs and the Oklahomas and the Oklahoma State's. Um, as things move forward, but uh, it's going to be a rough week this week just in terms of what's ahead for them. You mentioned going to the bench and a great performance out of Trey Jackson. He hits four three-pointers, finishes with 12 points in the game. And again, my guy, Terrence Lewis, hitting shots when he gets minutes out there. Is this now going to be something going forward, or is it going to be wait and see? Because we've seen Terrence Lewis do this before and then find himself back on the bench. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of kind of a night-to-night thing, uh, you know, the way Steve Fromm was talking after the game. He said this was his plan going into the game to be uh, pretty deep in his bench early. Uh, we talked to Prom on Friday afternoon before the game, and uh, he had told us that, you know, I'm going to go to the bench for I'm going to play guys in shorter spurts. He thinks that's going to help them defensively if he, if he can sub more often, sub earlier in the game, uh, try to be, do it more at the 16-minute mark than the 14-minute mark, and bring some guys in like Terrence Lewis and Trey Jackson and, and play guys shorter spurts so that, you know, energy-wise, uh, they're not lacking defensively. And I think you saw that when Terrence Lewis and Frig Jackson were there together. That's kind of when they went on that big, I think it was 12 nothing run, uh, to extend that lead in, in the first half. And so, Trump thought they won that game really from 14 minutes on in that first half. And a lot of that was when they were playing smaller with Frig Jackson and, and Terrence Lewis. And, and it was an interesting lineup, a lineup that, you know, I'm not sure we've seen play together at all right. this year before then, yeah. uh, but it was an effective lineup. And I think that's one thing that Steve Prom is going to continue to try to do is maybe it's not that lineup specifically, but he's going to try to mix things up a little bit more um, and kind of roll with the hot hand as he said after game Saturday. So why do you think it took him this long to, to be willing to, you know, to make those kind of changes? It's, um, you know, it, it maybe it's not just as simple as putting Condit into the starting lineup, but some of those quirky lineups that you're talking about. Why do you think he seemingly, um, you know, was unwilling at least at, at parts of the season to go that way? And you know, three games into it, he finally acquiesced to himself, perhaps. And and look what happened. Yeah, it's interesting because I think you know, coming into the year before the year when we would talk to him, whether it was after they got back from Italy or. Um, media day or right before the season started, he would talk about how he felt like the front court was maybe their, the strength of this team with George Condit, Solomon Young, and Michael Jacobson. And I think as time's gone along, you know, we've seen that they've played better maybe at times when they were small. I think that was especially the case, and it probably you know started uh, pushing Prom into this direction against TCU when that second half when you know they probably should have won that game, but it was the last 18 minutes he didn't sub. He played the same lineup. It was Trey Jackson out there with uh, Trey Jackson, George Condit. 
Roger Bolton, uh, Prentice Nixon, and Tyrus Halliburton. So they were playing small, uh, and they played well in that game. And, you know, Kansas presented some different op- different obstacles, I guess, because they had uh, Asabuke, and they played two bigs at times, and, and Iowa State almost needed to go big at times to match that. But I think when Iowa State can, they, like, they're, they play better when they're small. I don't think they're so good defensively, you know, that they can overcome and um, not be – you know, the type of offensive team that they've been in recent years and that smaller lineup kind of puts them puts them towards that. So I think the last week or so has really shown prone that I think he knows that now that this is um, what they've got to be. And I think the biggest concern is probably that it maybe it, it took a little bit of time in terms of um, you'd like to find your identity a little bit earlier, but you know, I guess the positive is that maybe they have found some identity with still 16 or so games to go in the regular season. Solomon Young coming off the bench, kind of being that enforcer type of guy, something going wrong inside. He's going to go there mixing it up. Do you like him in that role? Do you like him where he was as a starter? What's the perfect fit in your mind for Solomon Young? Yeah, I think coming off the bench is probably the perfect fit because I think you've got to have George Condit in there. He just what he's bringing right now uh, in terms of a rim protector. Uh, he's uh, their mm-hmm. best front court scorer, and you know he's probably even rebounding at a better rate than both Jacobson and Young. So I think he's got to be out there. But I think Solomon Young—that's kind of what he is. He's not this guy that's going to you know put up a lot of numbers in terms of. Um, offensive output, but I think he could be an energy type guy, and that's probably the perfect type of guy off the bench. But I think one thing you're seeing, and you know, I think the first forward off the bench uh, Saturday was actually Zion Griffin, and so um, they're starting to get into a situation where I think it's going to get a little bit more competitive for minutes because you saw Zion Griffin come in, and he was part of that lineup that went on that run as well. You know, hit a couple threes. Um, he's always been the guy that Proma says is this energy guy. So I think you know, even Zion Griffin, if they're going to play small, he's that four guy. So. He's even going to start to probably push Solomon Young for some of those minutes. You know, maybe Solomon Young's battling a little bit more to be the guy that comes in and, and relieves George Conda a little bit at that five. So uh, it's getting a little bit more competitive for minutes. I think especially those seniors or those older guys, you know, Zion Griffin, Trey Jackson, maybe even Terrence Lewis are going to start pushing them. You know, if Trey Jackson keeps shooting the way he did the other night, which he mm-hmm. had for a yep. month, you know, he, had, he, he doubled his three-point shooting output yes, yesterday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, that he had in the whole month of December. So you know, he, that's the first time we've seen that. We've heard about it. But if he keeps, you know, even doing anything like that, you know, he's going to start probably pushing someone like Prentice Dixon for minutes. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm with you. What about Terrence Lewis? I mean, this is a guy that, um, you know, he played a bunch of minutes against A&M, 36 minutes against uh, Florida A&M, but then 18 against Oklahoma. And prior to that, he, there, there, there have been two games where he had double digits, Iowa game uh, and then one other. So so going forward with Prome, because we've seen uh, we've seen Lewis in the past have a good game and gets rewarded um, with six or eight minutes the next game. He almost has to keep the minutes where they were. Or, or doesn't he? I mean, would you be surprised if Lewis doesn't get you know a similar number of minutes going forward this week just to see what he's got there? Yeah, I would be surprised that at this point now if it doesn't continue at least for a few games and, and at least let him show it on the court what, what his future is going to be in terms of minutes down the road. But uh, mainly because you know you look at that four day and M game and Tyrese Halliburton was out, but he was picked as the starter, you know, over Trey Jackson, over Caleb Grill, over whoever else, and then he didn't play the last two games, TCU or Kansas. And so it's, it's been hard to find the exact rhyme or reason for why he does or doesn't play in a particular game. Uh, obviously, the, you know, the more he comes in and does what he did in the first half Saturday, you know, it kind of probably forces Prohm's hand to make sure that, you know, you try to get, get something out of him the next, next time out. So I think when you look at Baylor this week and Texas Tech this week, I think you've got to expect that Terrence Lewis is going to get similar minutes. And if it doesn't go well, maybe, you know, someone like Trey Jackson starts to take some of those over. But I think just the way he played in that singular game, you almost have to continue to see what he can he can provide you because you know 
I think he went just one of four from three, but he, he you know got to the free throw line and went three of four there. Yep. Um, and if him, him and Trey Jackson can combine to you know at least give them some three point output, you know something they really haven't had outside of a couple guys. Um, then I think you've got to continue to explore ways to get them in the lineup. You know, back to that TCU game, when he, he didn't play a single minute in the basketball game. I mean, was he hurt? Is there something there that we don't know? Is, is, is he not a good practice player? What, what, what is the, um, I mean, is there a problem between player and coach? Well, well if I would have to speculate, I think it probably mostly probably goes back to something in practice. I mean, that's the only thing you can guess because, yeah. you know, Proman's made comments at times where he said, you know, you've got to do it all the time you've got to be consistent you've got to do it in practice um and so you know that type of thing lends to the only thought that if he's not getting minutes especially after he plays well maybe it's that he's not meeting some standard in practice but um you know i don't think from really come out and, and flat out told us that so it's, it's hard to kind of it's more so you just got to speculate on why does he go from playing or starting against Ford a and m and being decent in that game obviously they lost but then not even really playing the next two games very interesting, trying to figure that one all out. Well, don't have to figure out what the strength and conditioning staff's going to look like for Iowa State. A change there with Dave Andrews coming in to run the football side of things. What can you tell us about Dave Andrews and possibility of some changes of what they're doing on the football side with the director of football strength and conditioning? Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk to Matt Campbell about the change, but I had heard some rumbling shortly after um, the bowl game that Rudy Wade office had been cleared out and that uh, it sounded like Matt Campbell was going to make a change at strength and conditioning after four seasons here. Uh, obviously, Rudy Wade initially came to Iowa State from Toledo with Campbell. They'd been together for quite some time, but I think uh, we'll, we'll hear from Campbell probably eventually, but it's clear that he wants to you know make some sort of changes. I've heard that he plans to maybe make some changes in the strength and conditioning, obviously, and then maybe the nutrition aspect as he goes into his fifth season um, at Iowa State. You know, Those have both been important things. The strength and conditioning coach is arguably the, the maybe the most important guy after the head coach just because they spend the winter workouts they spend the off-season workouts with all those players when the coaches are out recruiting or can't have the one-on-one time with them so Dave Andrews comes from Pitt he um uh, uh he was there for five years um you know he, he has guys like Aaron Donald from the Rams still comes back and um and he works out with them so it's a guy that's really respected in the strength and conditioning uh I guess industry so to speak and uh, that's that's a place uh, or, or a coach that, as you guys probably know, like there's like three or four different branches or trees of strength and conditioning coaches, and they all have different philosophies. And uh, it, it appears that maybe Matt Campbell wants to try to go down a different path beginning this offseason. Yeah, it certainly seems like that. Well, we shall see. All right, let's get you on record. Who do you like tonight, Clemson or LSU? The point spread just doesn't matter. Who's going to win the national championship game? I think LSU. I just uh, I've been able to watch them a, a decent amount from the press box mostly, and uh, you know they, they've beaten a lot of top ten teams. They, you know, I think the, the biggest thing to me that that makes it most interesting is just how good their offense is, and I think it's hard to bet against LSU's offense. I know Clemson's defense has been good. You know, their, their front's not maybe as good as it was last year when they won the national title, but it's hard to bet against Clemson's offense until you see someone stop them, and, and maybe it'll be Clemson that does it here in this last game of the year, but. Uh, I'm going with LSU. Good stuff. We will uh, talk to you towards the end of the week. Thank you very much. CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Alex Halstead joining the program. Alex, thank you. Yep, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead uh, joining us here as we talk uh, Iowa State, a convincing win. Your guy, Terrence Lewis, I, I, mm-hmm. it must be a practice thing, right? It it's the only thing that makes be. sense, right? Didn't play a minute in the loss to TCU. Not a single minute. The other thing is we talk so much about offense. Maybe it's Maybe. on that end of the floor too. He just defensively. Well, then you have to bench a lot of guys because there's a lot of guys <laughs> that 
true. Although they were really good against Oklahoma. You know, you look at the Oklahoma numbers as a whole outside of Doolittle, kind of everybody played all right for the most part for yeah. Oklahoma, but yeah. Iowa State, the Do way... Doolittle didn't get his, that's right. It. But they, they pushed the tempo, they got mm-hmm. out and ran against them. That's not Oklahoma's game. It was a really good credit to Steve Prohm. Talking yes. about game plans, and he was much blind going into that game. And really good game plan against Oklahoma. It, it was, and the fans were into it from the very first minute. The three at the end of the first half was uh, with Halbert. Look, I don't know if that was a difference maker or not, but it would have been, what was it? What I don't know. It was 14 or 15 instead of, anyways, you get the point. But it was a seemingly a big shot. We will come back. Go on record how we see this game. We've both got Clemson. We've both taken the points. Are we right? I got some props, too, that I'm going to be playing yeah, tonight. I'd love to hear about those. We'll do so when we come back to finish things up here on a Monday. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Final few minutes here, a Monday edition. Murph and Andy coming up today at uh, 2, although I don't think Murph is here today. It's the birthday boy, Andy Fails, today. It's, I did not know. Happy birthday, Andy Fails. Number 49, I believe. Good for him, 49. Huh? Yes. Um, well, we've got a national championship. Are you working the, the Murph and Andy show this week? I am not, no. Gotcha. Um, national championship game. Line is down to five, five and a half. Total is what, 68, you said, somewhere in that 69, yeah, right in that range. I got it right here in front of me, currently down to 67.5 okay. at Billy Hill. Uh, how do you see it? I think it Close might. Game. There's, there, if there is a blowout, mm-hmm. who's going to win in blowout? Can you see a blowout? I can't. I can't. I can. You can? I can. If there's a blowout, I think Clemson's going to blow them out. Do though. you really? I mean, like last year, the national championship game, remember just how... We were, I think, I know I was on Clemson. I think you might have been too. Uh-huh. And there was not a lot of Clemson love going into that game a season ago. Uh-huh. But kind of that same kind of fashion, just club them in the head from the get go, and ball starts rolling down the hill, and there was nothing Bama could do. Maybe Burrow's just a little bit off. He hasn't had a bad game all year. Trent. No. Neither had Lamar Jackson until Saturday night. I remember we talked about uh, late in the season their game against Texas A and M. Uh huh. And. Just how good he played in that game. It was like his eighth best game of the year. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> That's where Statistically, that Statistically, yeah. It was just role. absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. He's never had one of those clunkers, and that's the thing I love about the dude. It's when he has those bad stretches, it's a series or two where it doesn't go well, at least compared to what he's used to. He bounces back, and he figures it out, and he's so, he's so dang smart yeah. as a quarterback. It's not just the ridiculous nature of... Over the completion percentage. And this is not a guy just throwing swing passes all game to complete nearly 80% of his passes. He's doing it up the field. And if it goes poorly, he's been able to bounce back. But if it does, because we haven't seen it, we haven't seen LSU really have to play from behind this year. No, no, but they, they, they really haven't. I, I don't know if they're going to have to play from behind. I, I'm going to take Clemson straight. I think this is a last touchdown wins type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I really... And I hope that that's the the way the game unfolds. What are some of the props that are out there? So uh, a few of them out there. First, speaking of Joe Burrow, touchdown passes, the over-under, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to put it at three and a half. When I thought you were going to have me guess. So I would go, um, yeah, he'll get that. He'll get that. Yep. You're going over. Yep. 
How about uh, completions? The, the completions, uh, 32? 28. 28. So I like the over. The other side, Trevor Lawrence completions. I jumped on this when I first saw this it's prop. A good secondary for LSU. I think it was like three, four days after the uh, the semifinal. It was 23, a flat 23. Yeah. Now, I've seen it offshore. I haven't seen it at William Hill at 24 and a half, but I jumped on it at 23. Mm-hmm. 23, you got to go over. I am on the under on both Burrow rushing yards and Lawrence rushing yards. Lawrence is somewhere up around like 68. He had the big performance. I don't think LSU is going to allow him to do that, though. They're going to have... Oh, I would have said that Ohio State won't allow him to do that right. either. But that was part of the game plan. Adabo talked about that afterwards. That was their game plan going mm-hmm. in. I think now that LSU has seen that, that's not going to go that. So for both of those Well, guys, they get Higgins back, too. I mean, he That's play. going to help in a big way. 68, I think, 67, 68 was the number uh, for Trevor Lawrence. And Burrow was like 53. Mm-hmm. It still high. felt a little bit high. Yeah, seems a lot for him. Remember, we're also talking, this is yardage, which... Sacks are included yes. in college. Right. How often do you think either t- side's going to get to the quarterback? Two, three, something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going. I don't. I mean, I don't they're going to be under ton. pressure, but no, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to get to the QB a lot. I don't think that's going to be a big factor in this football. I've game. been looking for that number. That was one. Uh, another prop that I'm on: Jordan, uh, Justin Jefferson, receiving yards. So is he the most on the team? I mean, he's a good player. He is. Ninety-nine and a half was that number uh-huh. though, and he's really good. Yep. Seemed just a tick high for mm-hmm. for a total, so I'm under. I got my list here. What else do I have? Because Chase uh, is a good player too. I mean, Burrow's got options. Will there be a score the first five minutes of the game? Yes. Got to lay a little extra juice. Okay. As I did, minus one forty on the S- first five and, minutes. And, and this isn't William Hill. This this is, is William Hill. Yeah. This is William Hill. Yep. William Hill has that one also. And my final one that I think you would jump on with me. I'm on the over. Travis Etienne rushing yards. It's he's going to uh, he's going to get a bunch. Trent, I would say they probably put the number in the low 80s, 94 and a half. Okay, I saw it offshore a couple of places up right around 100. So 94 and a half. I certainly liked it a lot more at uh-huh. that number. But that's what you're finding out there. I William think, they, got I think he can run the ball. Yes, on the edges. Get uh-huh. to the outside. That's that's where, where it has LSU to struggle, struggles. Their secondary is legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. Boy, this got a chance to be a dinger, doesn't it? I hope so. I hope it is, too. I really and truly do. Now, last I'm year, take was, Clemson. You know, last year was a blowout, but it was fun because it's Alabama yeah. getting blown out. Right. <laughs> right. It, it really was. I just say what you will about Alabama, and I know there's Alabama fans out there and all uh, that, but it's fun watching a team like that, this power team, get blown out. If it's a blowout in this one, though, I don't. it's not going to have that same entertainment value. I don't want to see Coach O over there. Oh, hollering and hooting and hollering and getting blown mm-hmm. out. Same thing. Are you okay with an SEC team back against the ACC again? LSU is a different kind. Just Alabama is, I think, what ruined it for most everybody. Mm-hmm. But LSU, they're though not exactly new blood. It's somebody different. And my final thing is I usually have a rooting interest in LSU. They're kind of my, my other college team because my uncle was the wrestling coach at LSU. Well, there you go. Yeah, SEC coach of the year three different wow. times. Back before the SEC did away with wrestling in the 80s. But uh, Uncle Dale, he was the wrestling coach at LSU, so always a soft spot in my heart for those Tigers. Well, um, I, I'm going to take the Clemson Tigers to win the football game. I'll go something like 38-35, somewhere around maybe 41-38. So you're looking over. I'm looking over. I think there's going to be a ton of points scored in the football game. I do. I think that uh, I'll even go one step further. I think ETN is going to be the MVP of the football game. Going back to his home state, yep. Louisiana. I think he's going to be able to run the football. I think they're going to do, he'll do some damage out of the uh, 
uh, out of the backfield catching the football. I look for him to have a big, big game tonight. Edward Solaire, what's what are those? What's his number? I didn't see anything listed for him, which I was a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. Thought that would be one of the listed props, but didn't see him out there. I'll take LSU to win it. Clemson but to cover. Clemson to 31-28. cover. 31-28. Be a hell of a football game. Well, that's what we're hoping for is the curtain falls tonight. Murph and Andy today at 2. The Fanatics at 4. The Morning Rush will start a Tuesday off as they always do. 6 a.m. for the Morning Rush. And then Trent and I will reconvene tomorrow with 10. Thanks for being here. Miller and Condon, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KSL.